Here we go. You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Friday, February the 16th, in the year of our Lord, 2024. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and here on KFUO, we received an email from Howard Green entitled, How Would We Live Differently If We Knew What Was Going to Happen Tomorrow? Boy, quite an interesting subject. For example, what if you knew of the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami or the 1987 stock market crash, Pearl Harbor, or the sinking of the Titanic, and you knew that these things would happen the day before these events occurred. This knowledge, would it have drastically altered the way you lived and the actions you would have taken? Jesus gave us a series of warnings, beginning in Matthew 24, telling us to watch and be alert because we don't know the day or hour of his return. How would we live differently if we knew his return is going to be tomorrow? Before we consider this compelling question, we need to acknowledge Jesus' statement that no one knows the day an hour of his return, but the Father. Matthew 24, verse 36. Now, you would wonder about that, because was not Jesus God? Did he not know omniscience, knowing all things? But he was in his state of humiliation. In other words, he had humbled himself and was not making use of his divine prerogatives until after his resurrection and ascension to the right hand of God. So we're not here to make sensational predictions, but to take Jesus' repeated warnings seriously and consider how would you transform the way you live if you knew what was going to happen tomorrow? Jesus gives an example from history that compares the time just before his return to the days of Noah, right before the people were swept away by the flood. They were distracted by the things of life and did not take the warnings of coming judgment seriously. In fact, remember, Noah had built the boat in an area that was dry land. So when he said there would be a great flood coming, 
hardly anybody believed him. Jesus goes on to give a series of parables, starting in Matthew 25, 1, that are meant as a call, a call to action for every believer to watch, wait, and work for his glory as he may return at any moment. For example, we know of Christians today, either because of the illness that had occurred recently or for other reasons, that they're not coming to church. And when you ask them, when are you going to return to church worship, they say, oh, I guess when I'm ready. And they don't realize that God could be ready to come at any moment and to prepare for his coming. What would we do? We would worship him, hear about his promises, and have prior knowledge about momentous days that could drastically affect the way we live. As you think about the unsinkable Titanic foundering, the World Trade Center collapsing, the Indian Ocean tsunami inundating, and other tragic events, wouldn't you have done everything in your power to warn people standing in harm's way if you knew they would happen tomorrow? Of course, that's what many weather reporters attempt to do. They try and figure out, boy, we're gonna have maybe eight to 12 inches of snow or high winds or a tornado, or a hurricane, and they would warn people so they could go out and maybe buy shovels or protect their windows with wooden pieces of plank, etc. But when it comes to the last day, there is no specific warning ahead of time. There are not things happening that would move us to say, well, I believe that judgment day could come tomorrow. But the fact is that it could come tomorrow. We are to be compelled by love and mercy to bring the hope of the gospel to others. There are a lot of people who are even Christian and worry about the last day because they're under the opinion of the world that they go to heaven 
on the basis of their good works. And when they think about their good works, they worry about it and think they're not going to be saved. Considering the weight and urgency of Jesus' warnings to be ready, alert, and awake, it should compel us to live radically different lives than does the world. If we somehow knew Jesus was returning tomorrow, most of us would cut all non-essential activities out of our schedule. We wouldn't squander another moment on entertainment or endless scrolling on our phones or our computers. Being a wise steward and investing is prudent and biblical, but we wouldn't lay up treasure on this earth or obsess over our financial portfolios or a comfortable retirement. Now, it's not that we shouldn't prepare for those things here on earth. We should not obsess over it. We shouldn't leave, lose sleepless nights wondering and worrying are we going to be ready? Because God has promised that those who believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior and live a life of sanctification need not worry about the future. Living a life of sanctification needs to be prepared for Jesus' coming. Perhaps we will take up the cross. We will deny ourselves. And we may lose our lives for his sake. Those would be the obvious responses if we knew Jesus was coming back tomorrow. Matthew 16, 24 to 28. We wouldn't care as much about hobbies, vacations, second homes, our reputations, or the opinions of others because of the urgency of the hours remaining. We wouldn't spend countless hours on empty religious programs devoid of the Holy Spirit just talking about doing ministry instead of truly ministering to people. We do exactly what Jesus said and go into the world to inform them of the gospel. That's the good news of salvation. Uh, here's a question. If you knew someone was in, in immediate danger, would you not risk everything to help them? 
I'm thinking about scenarios like people being caught in a rip tyrant and current of water or a house fire or a car accident. I mean, how many of us, when we see those things, will stop and try and save those people? There's that overwhelming majority of us would do whatever it takes to rescue people in those situations. If you are a Christian, this is exactly the eternal danger most people are in right now. If Jesus came back tomorrow, judgment would fall and many souls would be lost forever because they're impatient with the time that Jesus is coming back and they are not doing that which should be done in order to share the message of the gospel. It would be like parents who don't bring their children up in the nurture and admonition of the catechism when they are three, four, or five years old because they know that the children will be struck with the catechism in church when they are seven or eight years old. No, don't wait. Begin instruction with your children as soon as possible. As soon as they're able to hear about Jesus. Begin every meal with prayer to Jesus, even if it is only as we did. Thank you, Jesus, for this food. If Jesus came back tomorrow, judgment would fall on many who think that they can take the time to get involved in the spiritual teachings of the Holy Christian Church. And they instead work long hours in trying to do good works because that's what the world says will save you. And that is false teaching. Let's live like Jesus might return at any moment and do everything we can to snatch people out of the fires of hell. Let's live with a biblical sense of urgency discerning the signs everywhere that Jesus could come at any time. I know some people who are hearing this don't follow Jesus. The same question is asked Christian can be applied to you. How would you live differently if you knew 
Jesus was coming back tomorrow. Would you cry out for mercy? Ask for his forgiveness? Repent for a life lived in selfish pursuits and sin? Friends, consider the shortness and fragility of life and realize nearly 175,000 people just like you who die every day and go into an eternity and some of them into an eternity of hell because you did not share with them the good news of Jesus Christ. That's the message for today. A message that you need to hear and be aware of. Why? Because in Christ, we have a confidence and a sure hope that heaven will be our home. That's what we talked about yesterday, that heaven is going to be our home for the very simple reason that we are at the same time righteous and also sinful. That was yesterday's program. And it reminds us that we need to be aware of what happens when we live a life of righteousness. In other words, what can you do today to prepare yourself for Jesus coming? A daily devotion would be very helpful. A devotion in which you hear the message of Jesus Christ. People can wake up in the morning and they follow a devotion, a devotion that they want to believe will bring them the good news of Jesus. And that good news comes about by hearing the word of God. How many people who are Christians recognize that they are truly sinful and in need of a savior? That's why we encourage you to repent of your sins. Because as you repent of your sins, you get to a point where you recognize how important Jesus is. Jesus is really important to forgive your sins and to bring you the consolation of heaven as your home all the time. That's the good news. So, have prayers when you go to sleep at night. 
It can be a prayer, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Now that is a prayer that once more shows us how important is being a Christian, where we have both full forgiveness as well as still being a sinner. In short, our righteousness is the forgiveness of sins. Sins, therefore, are not counted, or they are covered. They are not seen by God. Here stand the clear, plain words. All the saints are sinners and remain sinners, but they are holy because God in his grace neither sees nor counts these sins against us. He forgets these sins. He forgives these sins. He covers them. There's thus no distinction for a Christian between being a saint and being a non-saint. They are sinners alike, sin daily, only that the sins of the holy, namely those believing in Jesus Christ, are not counted, but covered. And the sins of the unholy are not covered, but counted. One would have a healing dressing on and is bandaged, but the other, the wound is open and undressed. The bandaged person would have the waters of baptism and the promises of Jesus ringing in the ears. They would be dressed in the robe of righteousness. And every Christian would be wearing that white robe, being the bride of Christ, even here on earth before they die. And yet at the same time, they are sinners. Both being a sinner and being righteous means you're truly wounded. But concerning what we are, we have abundantly borne witness as with Martin Luther, as he introduces in Psalm 32. That in Psalm 32, we remember, yes, we're sinners, but we're also righteous. It's kind of like having an accident 
and you are unconscious in the hospital, but they have dealt with you sufficiently to bind your wounds, to bandage you, and lead you back on the way to health. For the Christian, that is the good news that we hear from the gospel of Jesus Christ. We do not need to put on our own bandages thinking that good works are going to solve our problem. Because good works properly done by the Holy Spirit motivating us are done by every Christian as part of the life of sanctification. The good works that are done apart from being sanctified are really selfish good works in an attempt to heal us and get us to heaven. But there is no way that we can attempt to do that. We don't have to worry as Christians about tomorrow because Jesus has promised that he is going to return to us and in his final glory on that day of judgment, every Christian will no longer sin but be in heaven in a sinless state without any sin of thought, word, and deed and have the holiness of Jesus Christ living with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's the good news of the distinctions between law and gospel. Join with us on Monday at 9.30 to hear even more as we study the lessons for the following Sunday. I'm Tom Baker. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your checkout to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.